Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Todd, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, Jeremy. What's happening in your neck of the woods? <clears throat> Nothing much, man. How about yourself? Uh, say, oh, snow, snowing. It was snowing yesterday. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah. We, we have a heat our... wave and a drought, but it was snowing. Yeah. Almost like some people don't know what's going on. Yeah. Or they have an agenda. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Or they're just using last year's diary because they're phoning it in. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, no, we had, uh, so we put the, well, I, I say we, I, I actually didn't do it. I rototilled the garden last week, like one evening. And then on Saturday, was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday, uh, my wife and kids planted our garden. And that's the earliest we've ever had our garden in. Usually it's always after the long weekend. And it's funny because people are like, wow, you're so late. So late with your garden. But it's like, literally it's snowing. Like, you know, it's behind us three last night. And uh so yeah, anyways, we got that in and it, it's fine because everything's in the ground still, but yeah, we go from that last week and it's beautiful, like, oh, was, on Sunday we went for the nice bike ride as a family and it was just amazing, like 84 degrees Fahrenheit, I would guess, uh, 28 Celsius, and then, man, this whole past week has been like cold. Just Yeah, the- I saw that video you threw up on the bike ride and that was amazing. Oh, it's a blast. I remember that same... Uh, path where you park at your dad's yep. business and go down that one uh looks like a oh god what's it called it's an irrigation canal yeah yep. um it just looks it's you know a nice path long pretty to look at but there's not a lot of people there and that's something that's yeah uh, hard to come by yeah well you know now, it's if Annoying. I could uh, convince my back and my implant that I can ride a bike, uh, and then trade my uh, the one Shirley I have for just one frame size smaller, same bike, <clears throat> it'd be awesome, and I could yeah. uh, ride out here and never see another uh, human being. But yeah, um, so somebody that works at the town of Strathmore put on Facebook. So the town actually owns all that property, I guess. Yeah. Like they, they bought, and they, they put a post about it on Facebook and it's like, ugh. so when we go, like I used to actually run there like years and years ago, uh, when I worked for my dad, um, I, I would go on my lunch breaks and run when I was training for marathons and stuff. And that's where I would run. It was great. Um, and in that time I never saw a single soul there. Um, there weren't even any, there's no signage, like pick up after your dog, nothing like that. And, um. Last year, even, I, I think we saw one or two other people, like, the few times that we went there. And when we went this past weekend, man, I bet there was, we saw 20 people using the path. And I was like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> I hate to be selfish, but I was like, come on. Oh, well. But, yeah, I like I like those because, um, you know, you ride in a, in town. You They've got nice bike paths, but you're always crossing streets. And it disrupts the flow, right? Um, but I think we're going to do, there's actually a really nice ride 
you can park at Canmore and you ride to Banff. They call it the Legacy Trail. It goes a little bit or maybe a lot farther either way. But, um, yeah, it's really sweet. You park in Canmore and then it's a paved path. I think it's like, I don't know, guessing like 30 kilometers each way. And uh, we went there last summer. We did it. You ride up and we got there and it was like, oh, man, we're not going to make it home. And you don't notice it at all. But when you're going into Banff, you're uphill the whole way. And it's so weird because there's places where you're going downhill and there's, you know, you just think it's normal. But on the way back, it felt like you didn't even have to touch your pedals. <laughs> like you just zipped. It was, it was really weird because it wasn't obvious, you know, but that's a fun one. It's nice when you can ride for half an hour, an hour without having to stop. You know, you can just kind of cruise at your own pace. You're not stopping. You're not crossing roads. You're not watching out for vehicles. It's so nice when you can do that. So, Oh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, I think the last <clears throat> very long ride I took uh, was in uh, Saudi Arabia. Oh wow! <laughs> it was either Saudi or in uh, uh, Abu Dhabi in Dubai. Yeah, uh, it was like oh god. 95 mile ride. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, some of it was kind of boring and dangerous, but then that's only because the sand blowing across the road and it just, it's like ice. Oh, wow. Because believe it or not, you know, the roads in out there just, they're all freshly paved all the time. So you have that oily surface and you think, uh-huh. oh, that sand will just stick right to it. And then the sand on top of the sand is like ice. Huh. Yeah, don't get fooled, people. That's crazy. So you just, you know, trucking along is, you know, semi-flat uh, road. As flat as it, a, a road's going to be anyway yep. for miles. And you're just, you know, uh, pedaling for all your worth. You know, I don't know how fast we were going. It was pretty fast, and somebody was trying to weave in and out. And we're trying to wave them down. Don't do that. Yeah. And, uh, they hit it, and just um, their face became their brake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. You know. Um, uh, are you gonna cry the whole way back? Yeah. Uh, you're a grown man. Uh, yeah. You know, my dad. Uh, he did that. Used his face as a brake a couple weeks ago. Uh, down in Phoenix, so my parents got these e-bikes, and I've always, I've never been a, I've always been against e-bikes to tell you the truth. Like I'm like no no. Th- oh, this there's isn't one cool. I saw. I'd I'd love to have. Uh, so anyway, like there's are ones that have the battery over the back wheel, and my mom was telling me too, like the handling's a little bit weird. You know, the modern ones they've got the battery integrated like into the um into the frame, right? But um. Anyway, so I guess, I don't know what's happening. They're going with their friends. And these bikes they got, I think without pedaling, you can get them to, I'd say, 45, 50 kilometers an hour. Like, they, they really do haul. It's got some Bosch motor in it. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but my dad wiped out bad. And, like, literally he ground the end of his nose off and he ground his chin. <laughs> like, big strawberry on his chin, a big strawberry in his nose, and then... They were having a party. They were having friends over because they're allowed to. Uh, they've got some freedoms in the, in the states that we don't have here yet. But uh, 
<laughs> nobody said anything and then finally though the men were like out on the on the patio or whatever and the ladies were like getting the salad ready and then one of them asked my mom so so did jim get a bunch of cancer removed <laughs> it's like no he just wiped out on his bike <laughs> but yeah they're they got petty goes that's the brand they got like oh petty go petty go I don't know. I'm like, you know, I like at the Canmore Nordic Center where we go cross country skiing. You can also, they've got fat bike trails and very hard rules. No e-bikes allowed. And I'm like, good. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I, I'm not, I'm not an e-bike fan. Nope. Like either you ride a bicycle or don't. But to somehow, uh, I, I've seen too many like soft, out of shape people. Oh yeah, I just did a hundred mile ride. But you've got a battery on, like you've got an electronic <laughs> road bike. Oh yeah, but I just finished the center. It's like, no, you didn't, you tool. Oh, I'm I'm against it. I'm against e-bikes. That, that's how it is. Either you're gonna ride a bike or you're not. Yeah, I saw I saw one though that I want. If I was gonna have an e-bike, it'd be this one. It's uh, very much a cross-country bike frame look, everything. And there's no option to not pedal. What the yeah. what the e part of it does is it um, turns your pedal into a ratio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, yeah. That's a lot me. of them are like that. That's the one I want. I don't want mm. to just turn something on and coast. I get buy a motorcycle for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know for. Older folks or handicapped folks, uh, you know, like uh, my wife with fibromyalgia, something, you know, people that aren't able to ride with the group. Yeah. They now can. Yeah. yeah I'm not saying for some uh, top-not douchebag uh, to say, oh, I rode 100 miles. No, you didn't. Yeah. But, you know, now I can ride and my wife can ride with me on an e-bike. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, I it's like let's bring more regulations in. But it's like okay, if you've got a, a handicap shingle in your car, then you're allowed to buy an e-bike. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like I don't know. That's the thing. I I think if if you're an able-bodied person, get off of your e-bike. Like actually do some work. Like hey, let's just soften every aspect of our life to the point where we actually go outside for some outdoor healthy recreation. We're going to make it easier. It's like, wow. The next thing is going to be an outdoor projection onto the wall inside your house. That way you can enjoy nature and never be actually outside. Exactly. Yep. Oh, Uh, just soft uh, as a bad uh, banana. I'm I'm trying to work on a T-shirt design. So it's like you... It's got the world, but it also looks like a rotten banana. And then it's just, it's going to be a t-shirt. It's going to say, we are as soft as a bad banana. That, that sums up our entire society, I think. Anyways. Oh, speaking of the bicycle stuff. Man. So so my DR650, that, that thing is, it's like, it sounds stupid, but I honestly feel like, it's almost changed my life and really nothing's changed, but my word, do I love that thing. It's just more enjoyable now. Oh, now, dude. instead of, oh, Jesus Christ, I have to go to, to the, in town for the mail yeah. or to send out these boxes or this, that, or the other. You're like, oh, 
I got this. Honey, I'm going to check the mail. Yeah. But you've already done it three times today. Yeah. You never know. Something might have gained. They already delivered it in the second time. It's like, ah, yeah. Yeah, you know, man. So it just makes, you know, mundane tasks more enjoyable. Yeah. And, and that's what separates cheap. us from the animals. Yeah. Like a, a, that bike gets 55 miles per gallon. That's impressive. Uh, you know, it goes through tires like crazy. I mean, all motorbikes suck. I think that's one thing people that don't know about motorbikes, they don't understand. Like, it depends on the tire, obviously, but like a phenomenal motorcycle tire would be like eight to 10,000 miles or kilometers. Yeah. Um, when I made crotch rocket, I ran soft tires and there, one summer I put on four sets. Well, four rears, four rears and two fronts. But, um. Um, yeah, no, uh, shoot, what was I going to say? Yeah. So the other day, you know, I, I put in the new CV axles in my car. Easiest job. I was amazed at how easy it was, except they gave me the wrong ones. But, and so that time that the axle was out, I lost some manual transmission fluid and I thought, ah, oh, crap. And so I was driving it around and I, it wasn't shifting that nice. So I thought I better get some. So I had to go into Honda and, uh, it was like, really cold this, this day, like below freezing. So I'm like, I'm not taking my bike and get the fluid, <clears throat> go put it in. And then, uh, the filler cap in the top, the crush washer was aluminum and it was in pretty bad shape. Like I reused the bottom one cause it was fine. I'm like, oh shoot. And so I thought, you know what? It's like just above freezing. I'm going to go to Strathmore cause I called up the parts guys like, Hey, do you guys have crush washers? Oh yeah. I've got a wide variety. Just bring it in. We'll match it up. I go in there and like, oh, we don't have anything that big. So I'm like, oh crap. So I called Honda in the city and yet they got it. It's $1.44. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm driving to the city. So I take off for the city and roaming thunderstorms slash uh, like snowstorms. And man, I got dumped on three times the way, like completely soaked. It's about five degrees Celsius. That <laughs> was so cold. And incidentally, the Honda dealership that I went to was right beside GW Cycle. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to, so I actually went and got some, uh, cold weather riding gear and, uh, some actual proper riding boots. What a difference that makes. Like I'm going in there and I've got my dickies on They're They're wet and I'm trying on these pants. And I guess most guys, when they ride these, they buy these suits, like they've got liners that go in, they come out and, um, and so they wear them just like with whatever, like a lot of guys don't have pants when they wear them. So I, I put these things on, I did my pants on and I was like, oh, these fit great. He's like, I'm going to take them. I said, can I just leave them on? Like, yeah, sure. So I'm walking around the store with these things and then I go get fit up for boots. I put the boots on. I was like, can I just leave these on too? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So I went and just got changed and walked out of there and, uh, the ride home hundred times better, like amazing how having some like proper, I had a nice jacket, like a, an actual riding jacket with a nice insulating layer that you can remove. And, and so my torso was fine, but my legs were so cold. And then way back, I was just like, oh, man, this is fantastic. It's, oh, it's so good, man. So good. Yep. I love I love riding bikes. Well, it's like uh, the difference between, particularly on a crotch rocket, but the difference between, you know, riding in tennis shoes, blue jeans, and a T-shirt, and getting full leathers and proper riding boots. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the difference is day and night. Yeah. And for me, I always, I'm cursed with something that makes me think everything I do 
10 steps of consequences in front of it, you know, from buttering my toast to riding a motorcycle. Yeah. What's going to happen if I do X? Yeah. I hate, I hate it sometimes, but you know what? You know, I'm alive and, uh, it's gotten me there and doing some really stupid things. Yeah. But, uh, riding in full leathers is just smart because you might be comfortable with your riding style. You, you're, you have to take precautions for every other idiot on the road that tends to target motorcycle riders for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I always said I'd rather sweat than bleed. Yeah. I I was riding my buddy's motorcycle up in Montana and full leathers. I didn't have a motorcycle then, but I still had my leathers. And, uh, the reason I was riding the bike is we had to get it back home. Uh, and it wasn't acting right at all. Something mm-hmm. was going on with the bike. And it was one of the, it was a, it didn't have a chain. It was shaft driven, okay. but it was a super bike. And I'm like, well, one, that doesn't jive with me anyway, but uh, something broke in the uh, rear gearbox. Oh, okay. Just locked up. Oh wow! <laughs> well, you know, I was upright doing, you know, uh, seventy-five miles an hour just to keep from getting run over on the highway. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in the ditch upside down, and I don't remember how I got here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and walked away from it because I had helmet and a leather. Mm-hmm. Now, oh yeah, um, I don't always ride with a helmet. That's a choice, and it's also really. Based on what I'm going to be doing, right? Yeah. You know, um, anyway. Yeah, no, I, so me and my dad went, like, before I got married, we did a, a multi-day trip on, on his Harleys. Well, I rode my mom's Harley. You know, California, Nevada, Arizona. We just rode, and like, 16, 18 hours a day. And uh, I, f- I forget which one it was. Maybe Arizona, you don't have to have a helmet. Uh, California, you do, if I remember correctly, but... Anyways, we got into the state, we crossed the lines, and, you know, we're filling up. My dad's like, hey, let's ride without helmets for a bit. I'm like, okay, sure, why not? And we had leathers, like I had leather chaps and then a, a jacket. And, uh, man, I did not like that. I was like, ugh, the feeling of not having my head protected. Um, I don't know, I didn't like it. I, I pulled over and I put it on. My dad's like, why Why did you leave it off? I was like, I just don't like it. I don't like the feeling. Um, but at the same time, it, like, I don't like riding uh, a helmet when I ride a bicycle. And a lot of people are like, oh, you better get your helmet on. It's like, ah. I refuse to ride a bicycle with a helmet on it. Yeah. Not if I'm do it. If I'm doing something, like I used to do a lot of technical riding, like like jumping and, and kind of trial stuff. Uh, I used to be able to get into the bed of my pickup truck from the ground without a ramp, right? Like just sitting there and I kind of pull up the front tire and kind of hop and then like yeah. those trials riders do. When I was doing that stuff, I always wore a helmet because I fell a lot. Right, and it is. It was an easy. And that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, but the one thing I noticed too, and there's there's a lot of people that make this argument. I think uh, when you don't have a helmet on, cars get way more nervous around you than when you do. They see a cyclist wear a helmet, they're like, "Oh, there's just a guy riding his bike, and he's fine." But when I have like a, especially you put on like a cowboy hat, so it's obvious that they're like, "What the heck, cowboy hat, a bike?" He doesn't have a helmet on, so it's really obvious that you don't have a helmet they give you more room because they're like, holy crap, that guy's totally vulnerable. I, I don't know. I, I think, I think that's the way it works, but, and then same thing. Like, I mean, I just, I'd, I'd rather have 
put a beach hat on or big cowboy hat or whatever, get some sun protection. Um, and, and honestly, if I'm, I'm rarely on my bike, am I going fast enough that if I were to fall and hit my head, it would be detrimental, like, like really bad. I mean, I guess, you know, there's always that one chance, but how, how yeah, safe I, are you going to make yourself, you know? You know, knock on wood, every time I've fallen off my bicycle, uh, I either scrubbed my face or, you know, fell on something more meaty. Yeah. Uh, I didn't uh, ever fall on my head, you yeah. know, where I hit my skull. And it's your natural side, instinct but, to protect that. Uh, <laughs> you know? I just, I guess I know how to fall yeah. off a bicycle, right? Because I never did anything like, you know, motocross on your, or BMX riding or trials on a bicycle. I just never did that stuff. Um, yeah. I don't, you know, I've gone cross country, but flat through the woods kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a flat part of North Carolina, so we mm-hmm. didn't, didn't really, couldn't really do that. Yeah. But, uh, where in North Carolina did you grow up? Right outside of Fayetteville. Where's that in relation to Raleigh? South of there. Oh, okay. We're right on, right off of 95, but, uh, Oh, 50, 60 miles from South Carolina border, from okay. south of the border. Yep. Where Pedro was. Yeah. Man, I love that area. We did a bunch of work at the Raleigh-Durham airport. Man, that's wow, beautiful country there. Yeah, Raleigh-Durham and um, Chapel Hill is all, that's the awesome. It really it, is. Yeah. Not anymore, but it's just completely human saturated now. Yeah. All like doctors. Actually, they said there's absolutely no more room for homes unless you steal land from, you know, the farm industry. And that's what we're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I had this quaintness to it. Like, uh, we found a really nice, like a a motel. We usually always stayed in, in hotels, like in the city, but this was like a little motel and it was, it's kind of just off the off on a road, and, and we weren't like right in any like downtown. We we're almost just on the outskirts of town, and I remember it had this this charm to it. Like you'd wake up in the morning, and it was quiet and lush vegetation, thick vegetation, and it just it it reminded me of a movie, like a Hallmark movie. You see an old pickup truck driving, you know, down the one lane road, and man, I loved it there. I was like, this is great. Go to Oh, shoot, what's that sweet restaurant that we don't have here? Uh, Waffle House. <laughs> we go to Waffle House every day. Oh, I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> That's one thing, man, I miss a while. Anytime we drive by a Waffle House, it's like, no, nope, we're going. I, I have to get my Waffle House. <laughs> so good. Yeah, it took me years to uh, before I could go into a Waffle House without my mind thinking my uh, tongue tasted like the night before because <laughs> yeah. Waffle House is such a drunk hangover hangover. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. After the party, it's a Waffle House. That's, that's, that's how it is. And I didn't – I never drank much, but when I did. <laughs> Chased it the uh, next day with a Waffle House. Or that late that night. Yeah. I yeah. was absolutely known by my buddies – to just uh, go nuclear when I was hitting on the waitresses. 
Yeah. Just, and Waffle House got some of the ugliest, nastiest, <laughs> methamphetamine out waitresses on earth. Yeah. But boy, I w- and I would never go do anything with any of them, but, you know, I made them feel special, made them feel yeah. pretty. <laughs> I got extra hash browns. Everybody won. That's right. Yeah. More bacon than my buddies at the table. <laughs> That's right. I had this one lady. Uh, yeah, where was it? It's not important, but um, she was a little bit older, say mid-50s back, you know, and I was in my early 20s. And I just talking so much BS to her about things I'd like to do. Yep. And uh, she brought in one of their larger plates of just bacon, a mountain of bacon, oh, wow. right? <laughs> and uh, she set it down on the table and she said, I really appreciate you, young man. If my husband still talked like that, he'd get more than bacon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my friends at the table were about to vomit. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, but I got a plate of bacon. Yeah. And I still don't have to do anything. That's right. You know, just yeah. make them feel special. I mean, look at me. I'm nothing, you know, I'm a anatomical abortion. I'm so ugly, but, uh, you know, so I get it. Sometimes you just <laughs> want to feel special. Yeah. Right on. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, um, speaking of hash browns, do you have a flat top grill? No, I'm Dude. still. I want a really nice one. Yeah. So I'm looking for a restaurant grade one. Because ah, the, the Blackstone ones are, I don't know, the ones I see at like the big box stores yeah. look kind of cheap. Huh. I, I think what matters is like. And like they do the make more is. than one. Yeah. But. Because uh, I saw one in Florida at someone's like house we were at. Yep. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it was Blackstone. Then the ones I see you know, that I've been able to buy, I'm like, well, that looks kind of cheesy. Yeah. Flimsy. Yeah, I've seen some. And they're like Teflon. That. And I'm like, no, I'm oh, not. Oh, yeah, you don't that. want that. You just need steel, just a big piece of steel so on top. What I'm considering doing, if I can't find a good restaurant flat top that I can make into my outdoor flat top. I'm going to make one like uh, AVE did. Oh, okay. Yeah. But better. I just don't want one that sits on top of a grill. I want to make it and then buy the burners and all that and make it a permanent thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause man, that flat top cooking. Oh, you know, you know, if I had to choose between a barbecue and a flat top, I think I'm at the point right now where I would say I'd take the flat top. Yeah, you can do anything on a flat top. Yeah. Anything. Like steaks. But you can't do everything on a grill. No. No. Like burgers, they used to, oh, I love burgers on the barbecue. They actually taste better when you cook them on the flat top because I I don't know what it is. They're juicier. The the flavor, they're sitting there like cooking in their own flavor. And if you want a certain smokiness to your food as well as cooking on a flat, you can do that. Yeah. And that's one of the things I want to do is uh, not a lid, but a hood. Yep. 
for it that can go on it the, where you can actually put some uh, wood chips or something and get a pseudo smoke on it yeah. while you're cooking them on a flat top. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, you cook a really good quality hamburger on the flat top. And if you can add um, a cherry wood pseudo smoky flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the one thing I need to get is those domes. To, to, we don't have those. And then uh, I'm also going to get some of the spatulas. Like, I've got one, but I was just looking on Amazon this morning, actually. And uh, they sell the set that Blackstone has. It looks like a pretty good one. And the nice thing with those ones is that you can actually set them down on the flat top and they'll stay. They're big enough that they actually just stay. Yeah. It's the one I have right now. I either have to set it, like it, it kind of rocks onto the handle. There's not enough girth in the, in the actual spatula part to keep it upright. But that and then some domes because like, so you do a cheeseburger, you know, you get it pretty much all the way there. You put your cheese on and they put the dome on and it just, boom, just helps get that melt on. But man, yeah. like... So breakfast is huge. Do a lot of breakfast. The one thing I wish with ours is that even when I have the burners on low, it's, and I don't know if this is how all flat tops are. Maybe it is because it's it's different style of cooking. But like, say, if you just want to do like, um, you know, like a fried egg, it's a little bit too hot for that. Um, like I have to do, usually I'll do scrambled eggs, but um yeah, it's, I, I wish I wish the temperature could go down just a little bit more because I'll turn the whole thing to as low as possible or just use two of the four burners. And there's a few things that's like, oh, man, this, this happens really quick. But, you know, you do French toast, and I do enough for a whole family at once, which is, I, I don't know, like an entire loaf of bread. And boom, 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 boom. By the time I get them all put on, I go and flip them. And by the time I flip them all, the first ones I put down are done cooking. And I can literally do all of our French toast at one time in like three minutes and then you know you get the bacon done ahead of time you just move it to the side if you want hash browns to get that done you move it to the side and then boom 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 you do your scrambled eggs or your french toast whatever it is in 15 minutes i can have a huge breakfast for our family done and like no no uh pots and pans to clean up you know what i mean like you scrape it you put water on it scrape it down throw it in the garbage you know it's oh i love the flat top and then stir fries you do stir fries like the kids will just do their grilled cheese sandwiches in the middle of the day. It's like, oh, I'm going to do a grilled cheese. Boom. Oh, they're the greatest, the greatest thing ever. I love them. Oh, I, I want one so bad. But yeah. again, you know, it's like uh, when we were having to move every three or four years, you just buy a cheap grill and yeah. you leave it, you get to a new place, buy a new one. Yeah. <clears throat> now that I'm, I'm never going to move again, now I want uh, uh, an incredible grill not one of those huge things outdoor kitchen things just a quality grill mm-hmm. right but actually what i think i'm going to do is get a quality smoker and then a flat top yeah and i don't really need anything else yeah you know we got the uh well not the big green egg but we got a, a ceramic grill like yeah. a komodo cooker those things are unbelievable too like i just oh yeah, I'm looking at a Kamado right now that's on at an auction. Oh, okay. Uh, it's brand new, never been used, and I don't know why, but it, I mean, it's at an estate auction, so maybe somebody, you know, bought it, never got a chance to do anything with it, but yeah. hopefully I can get it for, you know, a good deal. Yeah. 
but sometimes this auction I'm looking at, they shit goes for. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> stuff goes for uh, retail prices. I'm like, are y'all stupid? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then sometimes they mislabel something, and then if you're lucky enough to run across it, you can pick it up for cheap. And yep. the grill, grill is actually misspelled. Uh, they got G R L L L, and uh, anyway, so I'm right on uh, looking at that, and yeah. uh, they actually have uh, Komodo is Komodo, I'm like oh, it's yeah. not a dragon. So yeah, hopefully I can pick it up. That'd be sweet. Oh yeah, and it's one of the nice. Uh, uh, I call it like a hybrid because it's got all the nice ceramic inside. Yep. But the outside is raw aluminum. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm like, that'd be hot to touch, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, see, the nice thing with the ceramic is it holds moisture. You know, like everybody does the old <clears throat> on a gas grill or something or um, like your regular old Weber, they'll do like the beer can chicken just to help, you know, help with moisture content of the meat. And we'll do beer can chicken. You don't even have to use a can of beer or any liquid in there. And it just, it's even chicken breasts. We'll take chicken breasts and cook them. And then we, you know, do about like eight minutes on one side, flip them over. I put the temperature probe in so I can tell when it hits 165. But the key is you don't lift it. You don't look at it. And it just keeps moisture in there. Boom, get the 165, pull the chicken breasts off, and I mean, you cut into those things, and the, it, it's, they're juicy, juicy. It's just, I will never, ever go back to a propane barbecue, ever. I mean, maybe if you're camping or something like that, or, you know, but as far as what I would choose to use on my back deck when I'm cooking a meal, there's such a difference. Like, it's not even the same thing. And people are like, oh, yeah, I've got a brand new barbecue, and it's like this big, huge stainless thing. It's got LED lights in it, and it's propane. <laughs> or it's got some even have, like, the infrared thing on top for searing and stuff. It's like, oh, cool, so you're going to cook with gas. Man, the, the flavors of the charcoal. And, and the nice thing is, like, I can, the lowest I can make, hold the heat uh, consistently is about 225. But that's perfect for smoking. Right, like if you're doing like a long smoke on something, or you're making maybe a little little on the warm side for like making jerky, but man, we'll do like briskets and we'll just like let them sit there two twenty five, you know, six hours. Oh, it's phenomenal. And then we can I, I can get it up to seven hundred and fifty, and you throw a pizza on there, and bam, it's done. Like right now, you know. Oh, they're oh, yeah. versatile. They they take a while to get going, I, now, but I would love it. to have a pizza oven. Oh, me too. And. I have plans, literal plans on paper on how to build a small one. Yep. It will cook a 16-inch pizza, but it's not tall. Okay. And it's just barely wider than the um, than your pizza peel would be, right? Yeah. So it's small, and it, but it will cook pizza. It will get up to um, anywhere from 650 to 800 degrees interior. Yep. But it's small. And you can, while it's still cooking, you can touch the outside. Yeah. It'll be warm, you know, just, it won't sear your skin off. But uh, uh, I'm going to get, as soon as I can find my, the grill I want out there, 
or the or the smoker and the flat top. That'll be the last thing I get is a pizza oven. Yeah, because I have the perfect um, pizza dough recipe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, uh, method of cook, making it. Yep, uh, that works for me anyway. Uh, I mean, it took years for me to figure out how to get pizza dough to relax. Hmm. Um, because I've lived at sea level, I've lived in, you know, way high up and everywhere in between. Yeah. And every time you move, you got to redo baking, you yeah. know, your science because yeah. of altitude and moisture and everything else. Yeah. And your it, water, you know. So yeah, baking is all scientific. Yeah, baking is just science. Yeah. Cooking, you can do anything you want to with it. You can experiment, blah blah blah. Yeah. Baking is science. Yeah. Um. Uh, anyway, you know, so in Florida, you know, I came up with this recipe. I actually took uh, Wolfgang Puck's pizza dough recipe and then changed it a little because hmm. that worked for me. I was yeah. able to work with that. And uh, But then you move from um, three feet below sea level to, you know, 1,100 feet. You're like, really? Yeah. Now that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So I had to figure it took me two or three years to figure out how to of trial and error over time. And then you move again. You're like, Oh crap. Yeah. Now you know, at least I went all from, over the place. At least in Maryland, I was there. It was, uh, we were at nine feet at our house. Oh, okay. Uh, the town was averaged a lot higher than that, but we were down in a little bowl. Uh, oddly enough, physics didn't work there because we were about nine feet. We never flooded ever. Other parts of the town that were higher up flooded. I'm like, I don't know how this works, but thanks. Yeah, that's funny. Um, eventually, I was able to see a, a, a Army Corps of Engineers topographical map, mm-hmm. and now I figured out why we never flooded. But because when they when the developer des- designed that land, uh, it was like six neighborhoods they did all at one time. And there's a enormous, enormous like uh, uh, oh, what's the word? Levy looking oh, yeah. Yeah. land feature they built into it. It's a big crescent. You can't really tell it at all. They did a really fantastic job, uh, and it works. It works phenomenally. But and you can't really tell it's there until you look at like a topographical map. Yeah. You're like, oh, cool. Hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, so back to the pizza. I've I've so this pizza oven that you want is it like brick that you build? You know how you build a forge? Yeah, yeah. Same principle almost. Hmm. Um, they had it's these. You get this smaller uh, fire brick. Yep. Or you get the big ones and cut it down. And then you coat that with a refractory type of material that's safe for food, yep. to be around food. <laughs> no, using kale wool in there. <laughs> no. No, and it's a, it's basically a mortar. Yeah. But it's refractory mortar that's made It's uh, for the oven industry. Oh, okay, yep. Um, and then the outside... Can be whatever material you want, 
just what I'll use is what matches the rest of my stuff. And then the, the plans give you patterns to cut it out, whether you use stainless steel or aluminum or steel or wood or whatever that you want. Hmm. You know? hmm. That's interesting. They just give you the, the dimensions and the actual uh, manufacturer name and part number of the brick you need and the mortar. And then the, you can use the, the base of it where you slide the pizza in is just a big uh, uh, raw terracotta or raw clay brick. Yep. You know, because they hold heat like I don't know what. Yeah. It's funny, too, because it says if you can't use that, just use seasoned cast iron. You know, if you can get a giant piece of cast iron, you know, one inch thick, maybe 18 inches square, yep. and just season it. Hmm. That's cool. Um, so I want to I want to build one like out of stone and and like a big, bigger one. But um, I saw this one thing. Uh, this video is nine months ago. How to build your own high performance wood fired pizza oven with bricks. And I remember watching this kind of probably when it came out. It's a decent video, but it looks legitimate and it's it's bricks. Like you could actually take this, you know, in the back of your car set it up in a park somewhere. Obviously, you know, restrictions wouldn't allow you to do that, but um, it's pretty cool. But you, do you know who Noel Vachon is? No. Okay, so he's he's a, you should actually uh, give his Insta a look. Uh, knife maker from Quebec. Uh, really good guy. I like him. He was actually in one of my YouTube videos once because he's given me some good tips. Um, you know, the wood dowel method, he's the one that I first saw doing that. And I know he, he wasn't the first one to do it like for wall handles. Uh, but he, he was kind of the one who gave me that idea, but he made himself an outdoor, uh, wood fired pizza oven. And man, in the summertime, he'll do like little Instagram stories, you know, he'll throw pizza in and he takes it out in like two minutes and it's absolutely perfect. And I'm like, Oh, uh, same, you know, Craig Lockwood is. Yeah. Yeah. He, the house that he moved into in France had an outdoor pizza oven. And I've seen a few of his stories like from last summer, the summer before. And it's like, you get that thing going, it's like super hot in there and like, boom, throw it in there. Two minutes later, it comes out. It's just, oh my word. I love, love wood fired pizza. Like there's a place in Fernie that, that has a big, huge pizza oven that the whole restaurant's kind of built around it. They probably get like, I bet like they're, they're, peels like probably eight, 10 feet long. They could probably get 20 pizzas in there at once. And man, that's so, it's so good. Freaking love that. Oh, <laughs> we had a pizza food truck in DC that we used to get pizza from every once in a while. And the guy had made his own pizza oven that ran the, the length of the inside of the truck really? on one side. Yeah. And he could do, and it was two levels. Um, and he had, convection in it it was just this miraculous thing yeah right but he built it himself huh. and one of the things he did not do is he did not put in uh uh like a temperature regulator for the gas flow oh, okay so if the oven got too hot it would automatically reduce the amount of gas going in mm -hmm. which is code <laughs> Yep. So that's not there. And then he didn't do something else. I forgot what it was. And that thing just <laughs> melted down to the ground one day. 
<laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> My pizza ovens. Oh, safety third, <laughs> right? It's funny because when when he got his new truck and uh, had to buy a commercially made uh, pizza food truck, he was telling the story when he was mad because it took him like a year to come back, over a year. Yeah. And he was mad that his insurance didn't pay out the first time. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, that guy was just standing there because uh, apparently his insurance agent was actually right down the road when it happened. Really? You know, uh, insurance agent for his business. His office was right down the road because they are both born and raised in D.C., work in D.C. Yeah. Uh, and he just, all right, man, I'll come right down. And while they were watching it burn and the fire department trying to put it out, he's telling the story about building it himself yeah. <laughs> instead of being a nice, quiet uh, claimant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the, he said the insurance guy who he's known all his life said, yeah, I wish you luck in the future. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah no kidding. Eh? <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Well, you know, it's, Everything you just told me is not covered by. Yeah. Unless you had told me ahead of time, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you had said right up front, I built it myself. There's an inspection process for that to get it certified. Yeah. And then I'd insure it. Well, you didn't say all that. You know, you yeah. made led me to believe it was a commercially available food truck. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. hope you get a new one. Bye. No kidding. Don't call me later. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, pizza. Do you guys have it? You guys have pizza often? I would eat pizza every day. Yeah. Uh, and we used to eat pizza quite a bit, but she got, you know, a little tired of it. Apparently, um, it's not good for you, too. And then I, I wasn't really capable of cooking it for two years. Yeah. So kind of lost, uh, got out of that habit. But I used to make pizza all the time yeah. uh, from scratch. Uh, I've even tried to make my own mozzarella. So Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I've grown my own basil. Uh, tried to make my own mozzarella. I've made my own spaghetti or pizza sauce, but there's a commercial one that I like much better. But it's mm. small batch, homemade by the company, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's like three people that work for him. <clears throat> uh, yeah, Steph makes her all her own stuff, like her own pizza sauce, everything. Uh, we used to do, uh, well, we, we don't anymore because we're trying to eat healthier. Um, but Pizza Friday, we used to have pizzas every Friday. But we did, uh, we're also doing a meal plan lately just so we can kind of, so many times it's like, oh, we should have this for supper time. Okay, cool. Oh, we don't have the buns for it. Or... Oh, we need some peppers and that. Like, you know, one of some Philly cheesesteaks. And it's like, oh, we need green peppers. Um, but so we're doing this meal plan. And and today is actually going to be a pizza Friday, which I'm pretty stoked about. But we don't have pizza that much. You know, <laughs> we've talked about, you know, eating healthy or whatever food. Man, it's you can eat a whole big, huge freaking bowl of salad till I'm jam-packed full, you know, with a you know, dressing to, so it tastes good. And it's like 200 calories, you know, or like a slice of pizza is like 450. It's like, oh and, man. And you <laughs> might sucks. be full, but you're not satisfied. 
I yeah. It, if then, you have the right stuff, you can be. And then it's not healthy anymore. No. And I'm talking about myself, not everybody else. If I eat 100% healthy, I'm not psychologically fulfilled. <laughs> Therefore, I'm not physically fulfilled because food is it has such a psychology behind it. Yeah. Uh, for us, I know I know people that just eat what they need to live and they don't give a hoot about the food. Yeah, I don't. Understand I'm a foodie. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you know. those people could never be my friends. They're like, oh, no, I don't really care about food. I just, I eat because I have to. <laughs> I'm like, wow, food is my love language. Yeah. I uh, love it. Good Lord. I I would give up certain things in life just for food. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just the way it is. Um, but anyway. Yeah. You were talking about uh, that guy that, <clears throat> lives in France that made a big pizza oven. Uh, that's actually the first time I made a pizza in an outdoor pizza oven was in France. Oh, really? Uh, the place we were staying at uh, while we were deployed there uh, had an outdoor, it was in the essence a pizza oven. They didn't have a clue what a pizza oven was. They used it for fire roasting vegetables and their potatoes and stuff like that because that's how this guy learned he was better at making, you know, he could sell more, you know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that was their shtick at that restaurant. You know, the protein was all, uh, inside, but it took a back seat to this, to his fire roasted veggies and mess. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. and we were staying there. I was like, Hey, um, I noticed that big, uh, pizza oven you have out back. He's like, what are you talking about? And, we I explained to him how you could make pizza in there. And he's like, yeah, I'm not, you know, I could care less about that. I said, do you mind if I do? Cause I got along really well with the, the owners of the restaurant and the hotel. And I mean, well, she introduced me to steak tartare. I mean, my God. Uh, and, uh, so made pizza there, with uh, these incredible uh, sausagey kind of tasting meatballs that he would make. Hmm. Oh, that would be good. Wonderful. And uh, because of the some constraints about ingredient stuff, uh, I made a thinner crust pizza, not crackery, but thinner mm -hmm. than uh, and. The guy, the chef, loved that stuff so much. He's like, "You've got to teach me how to make that." Mm -hmm. Right? You keep the steak tartare coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I think traditional pizzas, like actual pizzas from like Italy and stuff, I think they're like a thinner crust usually, aren't they? It depends on what part of Italy you're in. Mm. Uh, the two that I've been to that um, had what we would consider pizza, they were both the exact same thing. Uh, one was thin, one was thick, but they were both like seafood delivery devices. Hmm. They didn't know what a pepperoni pizza was, you know, like Americana pizza. They mm -hmm. didn't know. Yeah. Uh, in Florence, it was squid on your pizza, calamari. Yeah. And I'm like, that's disgusting. Yeah. Get that away from me. And then in, uh, another part of Italy, it was just simply, uh, 
like margarita pizza. You had uh, fresh buffalo mozzarella with whole basil leaves and uh, a very minimalistic tomato sauce. Yeah. And it was just smeared on there. You didn't have like a layer of sauce. Yeah, yeah. And the mozzarella and the basil were really the stars. That's what it was there for. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's uh, so it was good. an antipasto kind of thing. and Yeah, my wife makes a really good one like that. Very simple. And it's just, ah, oh, this this different, you know. I, m- I remember we went to, when we lived in Venezuela, we went to uh, an Italian pizzeria. The guy actually studied in Italy. And so his claim was it was like authentic Italian pizza. And I remember it came and I was expecting like Pizza Hut or something, right? Like Chuck E. Cheese where you got like... <laughs> A layer of cheese that was molten at one point and is now firmed up to a nice crust so you could take the pizza and, you know, put the slice vertical and nothing's yeah. going to fall off. Anyways, they brought us these pizzas and right out of a super hot oven. And I remember, like, you could have poured the toppings onto the floor. It was all liquidy. And mm-hmm. and I, I remember having that and it was, like, not a lot of sauce. Uh, whatever cheese he had was really salty. And then it had seafood on it. I'm like, this is the most disgusting pizza I've had in my life. <laughs> And, you know, and I look back now and I, what was I then? Maybe 12 years old, like major bummer disappointment. I'm like, yes, we're going out for pizza. And it's like, looking back now, I'm like, man, I wish I could go back to that place. Cause I think, I think now I would actually probably enjoy that pizza. And and I didn't realize what I was actually tasting back then. You know, never the the pizzas we make now are a lot more like that. Like we usually do three pizzas for pizza Friday from the ocean belongs on pizza with pizza. The possible exception of anchovies on one kind of pizza. Yeah. And the first time I I had an anchovy, I was just like, this is an oily salt. Yeah. Ugh. And, you know, it smelled worse fishy than it tasted. Yeah. Because all I could taste was like, again, oily salt. I'm like, really? Yeah. I wish I could like that stuff for like sardines more. Um I used to work with a guy, a really cool old guy, old welder, and I always remember it for snack. He didn't do it every day, but a couple times a week, he'd have a can of sardines, and he would just open up the can, and he'd have, like, coffee at his welding area, and he would just take a little piece of MIG wire and snip it off and stab the sardines with the MIG wire. And I was like, this old guy tried to sardine. I'm like, that's disgusting. And then well, another guy I used to work with, he's actually from uh, Czech Republic, he had these things, and I don't know where he gets them, but they're called sprats, and they were kind of like sardines, but they weren't—they were totally mild flavored, and they were in the lemon oil, and they were actually good. Like I'm not into those like sardines and and all those canned things. Like oh, I can't—I can't do it. Canned oysters, any of that stuff, it just kind of makes me feel sick inside. But these ones that he had, they're called Sprats. And he's like, you have to try these. And I'm like, no, that's disgusting. And they were actually really good. And I've looked everywhere. And I can't find it. There's actually like a check, or a, yeah, check name for them. Um, but he called them Sprats. But yeah, weird. But I'm with, I'm with I, you. Just keep the fish off the pizza. I absolutely love sardines when I was a child. Really? When I was a young kid, um, like sub 12 years old. That's weird. I, I, can't, I can't eat them now. And huh. I'm convinced, I'm convinced that the only reason I liked them then is that we were so poor and had food so um, few and far between that it was just something to eat. Huh. You know? Yeah. That's crazy. 
yeah. I wonder what we're having on our pizza today. We usually do some for the kids because the kids like different stuff than us. Um, Steph and I like the real simple ones, like a classic margarita. And the kids look at it like, that's boring, you know. But sometimes I'll go through the work. I'll barbecue chicken like in the afternoon and we'll put that on there. And so we'll like have barbecue chicken pizza that wasn't even like leftover chicken. Oh, it depends how crazy we get with it. But, oh, man, I'm I'm looking. I'm going to, man, I'm going to have a hard time getting through the day now, Todd. All I'm going to be thinking about is the pizza. Ooh. Yeah. You betcha. Uh, I, I looked up your sprats. Yeah. I didn't oh think to ever do that before. They're like, they're serving them like French fries. Yeah. No Fried kidding. Fried up. Lemons on the side. You know, you know, so funny. I never, ever once in my mind thought to Google them. (laughs) 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 You're like, I looked up the sprats. I'm like, that's a really good idea. I should do that one day. (laughs) 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 I just typed it in. I'm like, there's some sprats. (laughs) Yeah, they're good. (laughs) (sighs) And he, he told me you can get them at some Walmarts in, in Calgary. Uh, I've looked in Strathmore. I've, I check all the time. Anytime we're like walking by canned place, I'm like, oh, sprats. I want some sprats. Can't find them. <laughs> yeah. And see, oh, yeah. Uh, Gavok, also known as Bristing, Bristing, Garvey, Garvok. Yeah. Anyways, because, you know, sometimes you're out on a bike ride or something and you just need some protein. I'm, I would imagine these are like high protein. But these were good. You just take these and some crackers, and that's like a, you could have like a, a light lunch on the side of the road on your bicycle or something like that, you know? And I'm going to say this picture of them fried up and served, they look more attractive than this picture here where it's alive and in the wild. Yeah. That is one freaky looking thing. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, yeah. Sprats. Deep fried yeah. sprats. Might have to try some of this. I'm going to ha- I'm gonna have to find them. I gotta, there's got to be for sale around here somewhere. Yeah, it's almost like uh, there's this new invention called the Internet. I know. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm just going to have to buy maps uh, and see if I can find <laughs> a sprat house. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just have to keep my, uh, you know, keep my ear to the ground, put the word out there. Maybe call some people up on the telephone and ask if they know where to get sprats. Oh, I could just look it up on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> European supermarket, Eastern European supermarket. Yeah. Well, there we go. Sprats. I wonder what those would be like on pizza. I got to get them again because I remember being so impressed and it's the only time I ever had them. Have you ever had, well, I guess I've been impressed by weird stuff. Um... One time, you know what? Have you ever heard of Beilut? No. It's a Filipino dish. It's like a, a delicacy. And it's duck fetus. And it's delicious. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Now you say duck fetus. Yeah. But in in most Asian cuisine, yep. if anything is preceded by it's a delicacy, whatever comes later <laughs> after that is disgusting. Yeah. It's going to be something that's just horrific. <laughs> yeah. It's deep fried dog poo. It's a delicacy. 
No. So we had the. I was. We had a friend who's a Filipino wife, and she was talking about some stuff, and she was talking about whale penis. I'm like, (laughs) no, just (laughs) no. Yeah. See, I worked. I worked with some some respect for the sea. Yeah, or or a living creature of any kind. Um, I worked with some Filipinos and they were talking, I want to learn how to speak Filipino because I'm like, language has always intrigued me and I always thought if you work with somebody, you could actually, it's a very easy way to actually learn the language and the more languages you know, the, you know, the more well-rounded you are, you can spy on people, (laughs) you know, you can know what they're saying when they don't think you know. Um, and so anyways, we're talking about, and they're talking about food and then one of them, they're having some celebration and they had Beilut. And so people are, what is it? And what's well, duck fetus? And like, oh, I should try it. And nobody would try it. I'm like, yeah, I'll try it for sure. So I went into, they're all e-techs. They did all the wiring on the, these rigs. And so they have lunch in their lab. So I went into their lab and they're all like, and had one. And it's like, you crack it in half and you kind of take a little spoon. And you can just like push the spoon right through the body of the duck. <laughs> and it's, it's weird because you can see the beak. You can see like it's. Like all the feathers, it just looks like fur, right? And because uh, I guess it's the what, what's that stuff ducks are born with? It's not the feathers; it's the down, not the down. Is there another word for it? Anyways, and you see that, and it's all wet, and you and you eat it, and it's like, hmm, actually doesn't taste that bad. And they had some leftovers of these, so it's like a supermarket, and what they do is they boil them, and then sometimes they'll eat them warm, but often they'll eat them cool, I guess. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So then they had leftovers. I was like, that's pretty good. So I had another one there, had two, and then they sent me home with some. So I brought these to my kids <laughs> and, uh, my oldest son had one of his friends over and, uh, I'm actually really good friends. Him and his, uh, his dad and, and me were coaching together. So we we're pretty good friends, but, uh, I was like, Hey, you guys want to eat something? <laughs> and so gave it to the kids and then he comes his dad comes to pick him up he goes i ate a duck fetus <laughs> dad's like what's going on in this place i'm like oh it's fine it's fine it's okay it's a delicacy <laughs> yeah nasty stuff very much yep well 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 i should uh got two knives in the tempering cycle right now there uh, seems to be a European market deli and produce store on 11th Street Southeast in Calgary <laughs> that sells your sprats. Yeah. Is it really, Todd? Yes. I, do you know somebody? Like, <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> you know what? I don't even need Google. I've got Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to phone you. Hey, Todd, <laughs> if I send you a pin, could you tell me where the nearest tire shop is? <laughs> no, that's funny. Good old Google, hey? Who would have thunk to Google Sprats? <laughs> I've had uh, years of curiosity, and it's kept me up some nights. Where am I going to find Sprats? I think the most disturbing thing is that there's so many hits on Sprats. Is there? When you Google it. I mean, my God. How, how can you tell me hits are on something? Uh, just the amount of uh, results that come back that oh, okay. are uh, 
uh, germane to what you've searched. You know? Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, you know, like the there was like uh, a Russian mail order place, uh, stores in Calgary, an actual nonprofit that's just named Sprat, and then it went back to you know buy Sprats here on you know I'm like holy. Huh. That's crazy. Well, I'm going to look these up. I'm going to try and get me some sprats. See if they're as good as I remembered. Well, hopefully. Yeah. And if they're not, try it with Migwire. Maybe that was it. That's right. That's right. Just dip them in. <laughs> yeah. Good old Rock and Rod. He's a character, that guy. I liked him. Good dude. But anyways, I got a... I got some knives I got to take out of the temper. And then uh, hopefully I can get this video out today. No, tomorrow. We'll see. But I should probably get at it. I think we've been going for about an hour now. Yeah, just about an hour. So that's good. And with one exception, with one little bleep, um, this will be another easy episode to kick out. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, yesterday's, or sorry, last week's episode, I don't know, it, like actual editing time was like f- five minutes, if that, and that was just time, like dragging files, putting them in here, and then I did adjust audio, and then boom, export. I think we had that show live, like actually live on iTunes, uh, on, were they, wasn't it like within an hour of finishing recording? Yeah. I was like, boom, I'm like, that's how it should be, <laughs> you know, we're not wasting time here. <laughs> you get what you get. That that's what it is. It's you know, um, it's an unscripted conversation. Yeah. Holy smokes, we have two hundred and eight downloads. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Now, that's a, a little disappointing too, because I know there are more than two hundred and eight folks out there that have no life. Yeah, get on that's it, true. People. That's right. That's true. <laughs> right on. All right. Well, I better, I better get, uh, you know, to the stuff that pays bills and all that. Well, fun I know stuff. some weird uh, <clears throat> female, alleged female in Australia, listened to our show. Well, how's that? Because well, she started stalking me on Facebook. Who? Oh, I guess God, I can't remember what her name was because I blocked her right away. Huh. I mean, it's one of those fake accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, a really good, uh, uh, well, not it, it's a better attempt at scamming because the picture was, it wasn't one of those supermodel pics. It was just attractive enough. Yeah, yeah. Might be a real person. Yeah, I'm like, eh. Australia, well, delete. Yeah. <laughs> no posts, only two pictures. Yeah, yeah, delete. Yeah, no kidding. It's but, ridiculous. Um, what the the message she sent to try to be a friend was, you know, I caught the show on Can Am Soup. It was really interesting. Okay, now I know it's a scam. Click delete. Huh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> She's lying already. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Right on. Yeah, if you thought it was interesting, but you're sending it to me instead of Jeremy, yeah, I know it's a scam. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's I get all those all the time. You know, I got a really good one. And so I, we've got a, a chain of pharmacies here, drugstores called Shoppers Drug Mart. And I was in there. They've also got like a, a beauty boutique, sell really high-end perfume and stuff. And so I, I bought Steph some perfume for Mother's Day, as is the tradition. I do that every year. And probably two hours later, I got an email saying that enter to win something from Shoppers Drug Mart. And lo, you know how those scam emails look. They can look good. Same logo. And then when I look at the from, it's like Shoppers Drug Mart. And then, you know, the easiest way just to quickly look into it is you just click the actual email address it came from, right? And if it was from something at shoppersdrugmart.com, I would be like, okay, this is probably legit. But it was like something.fuzzbots.uco.s, whatever. So you just know it's a scam. But I thought that was crazy because I was there and two hours later, and so I don't know if they use phone tracking. Like these scammers are being like, oh, this person was actually at Shoppers Drug Mart. Now we're going to email them. Because I hadn't, I hadn't got one of these. And I got another one uh, last week. Same thing. It's like, it's not too late to enter this contest. And it's like a fully scam address that it came from. But isn't that, isn't that crazy that I go in there two hours later, I get an e- a, a, a false email from the company. That's got to yeah. be phone tracking, don't you think? It is. Um, and... Two companies that are on every phone everywhere uh, nowadays uh, do track your whereabout and they do sell that information. It's in the user agreement. So one of them is Google. Yeah. The other is the manufacturer of the device. Who? I want to know Apple, Samsung, Google, they all do it. Whether you turn your little locator thing off or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even with your powered off, Apple can track your phone. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Know that for a fact. I've helped um, draft warrants for the information. So. Huh. Yep. Never safe. Now for the vaccine, they put that computer chip into you, and now they got you forever. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's going to cure aging, so that's okay. Oh, yeah, it's true. And reverse it. Oh, God. The <laughs> You know, there's a guy, he's been on the news. Okay, I know there's a, it's a smoke and mirrors. This is the part of the week where we have holes in the news, so we want to put some idiot on to distract the public from what's really going on. Yeah. He was talking about they are this close to a pill. It won't be an injection. It'll be a pill that stops the aging process. (laughs) <laughs> wouldn't that be nice no it wouldn't because the this you know the person that was talking about this being an, um like uh, one of those parody in the news things look at this idiot yeah <clears throat> you know what i'm saying look at the world around you who wants to freeze this yeah <laughs> so it doesn't no uh you got a pill that like speeds it up yeah you know? okay <laughs> No kidding. So I can check out. Yeah. You know, this this world sucks. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why I was like, you know what? If When this whole COVID started, I was like, okay, everybody's talking about population control. The, the world's overpopulated. Soon we can't produce enough food. 
uh, and when this first started, I was like, maybe it's pretty stupid to social distance and and try and prevent the spread. Maybe we need a big old kill off. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, it's called population control. Why not just let it happen? You know. No. Well, the that guy I was telling about the doctor I know that I trust his opinion on this stuff, particularly this kind of thing like COVID, because mm-hmm. of his background, and he's not a he he doesn't spout science just to spout science. You know, he really knows what he's talking about. He said the worst thing we can do with something like COVID is what we're doing. The worst thing. The best mm-hmm. thing you can do is just get it out there. Yeah, hundred percent. He said, "There's a. It was horrible that we lost so many people in 1917, but you know something? We didn't lose anybody else once yeah. it ran its course. Yeah, that strain of flu is now benign. Yeah. What we get when we try to fight COVID by what we've done with uh, forced social distancing and all of that." is giving it time to now uh, evolve yeah. or mutate. Mutate, yeah. The herd immunity didn't stay in front of mutation. Yeah. And that's what you want is enough people to be infected, survive, build immunity, pass that immunity to their heirs, and get in front of the mutations. Yeah. But – it's not what we did, and now this thing will be around forever. Yeah. Yeah, can't, like we've got our third wave, and now we're getting ready for our fourth wave. And, oh, yeah, everybody stay scared. Everybody stay scared. I'm telling you, there's, there's a, I think there's a revolt coming here. I think there's going to be a revolution in the big old uh, Kanakistan. It's so it would be a violent, dangerous thing, but not a bad thing. No, that's true. That's true. Particularly if people stood up in enough numbers fast enough that the government went, you know what? You got a point. Let's change this stuff. Yeah. Or they realize that, oh, shoot. <laughs> you know, the, the problem with like freedom and independence being the problem, the problem is bigger than we thought. Let's just hush hush for a while. <laughs> you know. Anyways, it can't get going on this stuff now. I got, I'll get too riled up. Exactly. You got some knives in the oven. Yep. But Todd, it's great talking with you again. I love it. I miss talking to you this this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Fridays just don't come fast enough. No, I agree. And uh, thanks to everybody listening. I know you guys love it and crave it and yearn for it like <laughs> like we do. <laughs> thanks for putting up with us. Anyways, if you're still here, man, I wish I could buy you coffee somehow. I'll send you some Bitcoin or something like that. <laughs> You know what? It, it we normally give a shout out to somebody or something. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Tim Hortons Coffee. There you go. If you've never had it, try it. They lace it with cocaine, and that's what makes it so delicious. You just can't you, you can't have enough of it. You know what? Um, Justin Trudeau can't snort it all. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Give some to the people. <laughs> right on. All right. We'll, we'll talk, talk to y'all, to y'all next week. again next week. <laughs>